0: Amen. Uh, I just want to thank uh, uh, the zealous community, especially Nanad, for trusting me with this opportunity. Uh, I wish I was there in person, uh, but we I will be as soon as uh, this lockdown gets over. I can't wait to meet you all in person. Um, I love people. Uh, my wife always says, uh you know, if if Jeremy doesn't have oxygen, give him people and he'll stay alive, you know, he'll, I love people. Uh, I have a huge family. I have uh, three of my own and uh, three, four other kids that uh, we kind of foster, we kind of look after. So our house is constantly filled with people. Right now, there are about, uh, I think, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 people at home. So even though there is a lockdown, we still have people. We still call people in, serve people. We don't want people to stay alone during this time. Uh, you know, uh, we want uh, uh, to be uh, a blessing uh, uh, in spite of whatever season uh, that we are going through. Uh, amen. And it's, and it's so good to be here. Uh, and I'm glad that I get this opportunity to share God's word with you uh, so today uh, the topic I wanted to stick to the topic uh, you know and uh, and uh, Nina asked me what would I like to speak on so i I, I just said a heart of war because uh, you know I believe that we are constantly under attack if you're following Jesus and if you love Jesus the devil will attack you he will attack you he's not going to give up uh, like Jesus never leaves you or forsakes you. Guess what? The devil will never leave you, and he will never forsake you. He will come. He will. He will attack you. He will try his best to take you away, to drift you away from the purposes that God has uh, for you. And and um, you know we are the children. We are we are God's children, and God disciplines those He loves. He challenges your faith. He will push you. He will. He will refine. I knew he will will try and put you through that fire. You know, I love the reaction that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had. They said, even though we die in that fire, we will still follow Jesus. What 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 an answer. Amen. So today, um, uh, you know, let me say that save you from a fire, but he'll keep you through a fire, you know. Uh, we all don't want the fire, you know. But God speaks through the fire. He spoke to Moses uh, with a burning bush. He 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 put uh, his own son. You know, um, man. We want to be called the children of God uh, till we see what God did to His own child. You know, God. He 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 sent His own son. And we all like to be called the children of God because we have this inheritance, we have this promises, and we have these blessings, and we have all this as an, as sons. We have so much, but hey, listen, a son also is willing to sacrifice himself, is willing to go up on the day. Uh, are you a son for the promise or are you a son for the inheritance? Let me tell you, there's a huge difference uh my pastor always says uh that come some people come to church some people come to search you know some people come to search for what they want uh from a church from what they want from a service and and uh you know uh, he always says you know there are two types of people in church one is a member and one is a son a member of a church comes to attend but a son receives an inheritance you and me are children of god We receive an inheritance only if you are willing to pay the price. And so today, there is a cost to our faith. Uh, You know, I always say that, um, man, your scars define your success. You know, your scars define your success. Jesus had scars on himself. And so (laughs) he won the greatest war uh, of the heart, I believe. the cross when he says here I am you know here I am into your hand I commit my spirit that means what he says is not my will he said God not my will let your will be done today will are we in a place are we mature enough to say God uh, you know the scariest question to ask God is God what do you want me to do because whenever I've asked God that he says okay empty your bank leave this leave that give away this give away that and I was like okay now that that is what God wants to do to you he wants you to completely lean on him amen we don't lean on our own understanding but in all our ways we want to acknowledge him we want to lean on on him amen Uh, you know Matthew 59 uh, it says for out of the heart proceeds evil thoughts Uh, murders, adulterers, fornication, thefts, false witnesses, blasphemes. You know, the Hebrew understanding uh, is that out of the heart, you know, the heart is basically the one that makes all the decisions. The heart, from the heart flows all the issues of life. And so if we do not understand what, what our heart is, if we don't understand what it's created to do and the power that it has uh, we won't be able to accomplish what God has created us in this earth for. Amen. So I just want to I want to say that you know uh, even as we move to this to these points there are hundreds of points that we can bring out about the heart but I just uh, just put down a few you know uh, of how can I win the battles in my heart how can I win the battles in my heart and and um and so the first point I've written down is, have a heart uh, that is fearless. You know, have a heart that is fearless. You know, in First Corinthians 10, 13, it says, uh, no temptation has overcome you, you know, except the one that is common to mankind. God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will always also provide a way out so that you can endure it you know god is fit. he won't let you go through what you can't go through and so um, if you are sensing a fear inside of you you know there are moments of fear that come in and you're like oh my god what am i going to do you know your heart is gripped with fear you know um, uh, i love this passage in in second corinthians 20 it says uh, here and jehoshaphat feared We all know that famous story of, you know, how God, you know, the victory that Jehoshaphat had. But the first response when somebody came and told him, hey, listen, there's someone that's surrounded. Like, they've surrounded us. Uh, We are going to die, man. We are finished. These guys are coming. These guys are the best at at what they do. They are are these crazy warriors. And man, they are going to finish us off. And Jehoshaphat feared but immediately he said and he set himself to seek the lord and proclaimed a fast throughout judah so judah gathered together to ask help from the lord you know you know what when you are gripped with fear you know set yourself to seek god we have we can either react or we can respond and so many times we react <laughs> I have reacted a million times in the ways that I shouldn't have reacted. I shouldn't have said what I said. I shouldn't have done. Why? Because fear gripped me. Fear gripped my heart. I was like, "Oh my God, what am I going to do?" I, th- I remember, um, I was about eight years old. Um, um, just to give you a little background, my mom was a hippie. Okay, in the nineteen 19- 60s, 1970s, 1973, she hitchhiked from Delhi to Leh to Cargill to beyond Cargill just for the drugs. Okay. They used to have drugs in goalies those days. So they used to take a take off. I'm not gonna tell you how they used to roll a joint, but what they used to do was they used to have these goalies because it was growing wild there, so it was almost like free. Okay, so she she came from a complete she bombay girl. Like she was the only actually when she got she was the only one in the bible college that wore jeans and t-shirts you know she was like this hip happening you know person and my dad came from this completely opposite direction like completely opposite he was like they were like super strict uh no we growing up like my dad was like we had more rules than moses okay we had like man, more commandments than the Israelites had. We had no TV, no wearing jeans to college, no wearing jeans to church, no wearing sports shoes to college, no wearing sports shoes to church, no doing this, no, and we had all these rules and we were like, always like upset, frustrated man, dad, why does he have to do this? You know, we don't have, we can't do this, we can't do that and no, no going out after this time. And there were so many rules and my mom and dad completely opposite, but, uh, when it came to the marriage, guess what? They brought what they grew up in into their marriage. And we constantly, constantly, we lived in fear because we, my dad and mom would constantly fight. They would constantly be, there was no peace. They loved Jesus, but they just didn't, couldn't find enough ways to love themselves okay yes they loved themselves in a certain area but they just couldn't live with each other because they came from these opposite values and i remember when i was eight i walked into the home uh from school and i saw and we were in in the bible college in ubs and we saw all the leaders that were sitting there uh, and i was like why are these guys here and as a small as an eight, eight or nine years old i don't know how old i was and they said jeremy your mom and dad have decided uh that they're not going to be staying together anymore and man that fear gripped me like what is going to happen to us they said you are going to with your mom because we loved our dad our dad used to tell the best stories uh, uh you know he's he loved us so much uh he was super strict but his love was intense you know he really loved us and um you know but he had a, he had separate rules and you know had his own way of doing things And I remember that, that night going to bed and I was like, oh man, what's going to happen? And fear gripped my heart. And there was a knock at my door and my mom came in and she said, Jeremy, tomorrow morning, I'm going to wake you up at 530 in the morning and we're going to go uphill. If you know where UBS is, it's on a hill. And there was a, there was another route on top so we could walk up, you know, and she says, we're going to pray. And at, at the age of eight or nine, you know, at yeah, 5 30 in the morning my mom woke me up she says come on let's go let's pray that god does something because i don't want to break this marriage and i want to i want to make sure that we get through this season and i remember walking with my mom it was like one day two days every day like she would wake me up whether it was saturday or sunday she would wake me up at 5 30. my dad was sleeping my 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 siblings were sleeping and after two weeks, I remember things completely changed. My mom and dad decided to live together, to stay together. And I remember that moment that, man, if when I, am, when I encounter these moments of fear, if I pray, if I fast, if I seek God, He will provide a way. It might not come in my time, but if I stick in, if I stick through, it, it's going to come. So I'm just going to say, man, if you want... Uh, to win the battles in your heart. you know overcome fear and the only way you can overcome fear is by, by looking to the God, uh, to Jesus who will overcome the fear of the cross, who overcome the fear of death and, and He saved us. Don't underestimate the power of prayer. Don't underestimate the power that you have within you to say something, keep saying it, keep contending, keep pressing in. Keep praying, pray, 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 pray. Don't give up. Hold on to that and don't give up because God has something so powerful that He wants to do in your life. And He is looking for those moments where we say, Hey, God, I'm not gonna give up. I'm gonna keep I'm not gonna keep pressing in. Amen. So come on here. First, have a fearless heart. And then second, have a heart that fears God man so important we have lost our reverence for god we take his presence too lightly we uh, i remember when 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 god wanted to speak god wants to speak to you okay god wants to speak to each and every one of you but you need to fear god you need to have that holy fear in your heart he says he told moses take your sandals out where you're standing is holy man we need to make sure that we have we, we fear God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind. You know, in Proverbs um, 28, verse 14, it's very interesting verse. He says, happy is the man that who who is always reverent. Happy is the man who is always reverent, but he who hardens his heart will fall into calamity. We're talking about the heart here. And... If we do not honor God, if we do not honor his presence, guess what? If you heart, you're gonna have a hard heart against him. And you're gonna lose out on what he has for you. And um it's so important, you know. Um, you know, I remember my dad would always get upset because if, if somebody came into the house and we didn't stand up and wish them, like he would get so angry. Because why? It's not that that they wouldn't they would hate us if we didn't. OK, uh, it's just that you need to honor. When somebody came in, we stood up and we honored, uh, you know, we honored them. We respected them. It's not that they wanted, you know, God is not looking at us. Please honor me. Please honor me. OK. He has millions of angels that are bowing down before him. That's not what he's looking at. But when we honor him, when we are reverent towards him, when we honor his presence, you know, there is power and authority that he will give us. And, and, it's, and it's so, I love the scripture. You know, um, You know it says here, happy is the man. If you want to be happy, have that reverence, have that fear. And it says here in uh, Psalms 26, verse 11, you know, it says, Teach me your way, O Lord, and I will walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. Teach me, O Lord, to walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. And I just want to say that we need to have we need to have fearlessness in our heart but we also need to have a fear of god in our heart and that is so critical that is so important all right quickly moving on uh, you know have a heart uh, thirdly that is guarded you know guard your heart because uh, from it springs the issues of life proverbs 4:23 says you know keep your heart with all diligence for out of it springs all the issues of uh, life hide god's word in your heart so that you do not sin against him um you know we need as 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 people who are followers of jesus people who love jesus we need to guard our hearts man there is so much of stuff out there that if when we put our eyes on on certain things, when if you are watching things, you're not supposed to watch, uh, you know, if it man, d- there are so many things uh, that are, you know, mixed, they mix in truth uh, with uh, with um, with filth. you know, I was talking to this friend, you know, how many of you know that, okay, there's a new season of friends coming out, you know, you know, some seasons. I didn't grow up with the TV, so I don't know much about it. Okay. So, um, you know, and everybody's going crazy. The world is going, Oh, wow, friends. Wow. It's coming. Yeah. It's awesome. And I remember, you know, in, I had this, one of my mentors in Bible college and, um, he was not one of a professor he's he used to, uh, he stayed outside about Bible college. And he said, Jeremy, I don't know my, my daughters, he had two daughters. And he says, as soon as they started watching friends, they started talking back at me. You know, it never happened before, but they watched this show and then suddenly like their behavior changed. And so, man, uh, man, you have the freedom to watch what you want to watch, okay? But I would say guard your heart because you see something and it takes root in your life. And then three, four days down the line, you're doing something that you wish you had never done. the devil is not going to bring everything bang on your face. Okay, he has 200 years 2000 years of experience. He knows how to fool you. He knows how to hook you on to stuff. He knows what to say. He knows what to put in your mind. He knows he is he's he's the master of all strategy. And if you are not guarding your heart. You will soon slip away. Uh, the devil doesn't have, uh, you know, he, he doesn't have a one day plan for your life. He's got a 20 year plan. He's got a 30 year plan. He's got a 40 year plan. You know, he knows how to bring you down. And if you not, if you don't guard your heart, man, you are going to, you're going to get into trouble, you know, and it's so important. It's so important that we guard our hearts, uh, we, we protect our hearts. And how do we guard our hearts? man being disciplined you know making sure that you're washing yourself every day with the word of God the word of God it says the word of God is like water it washes you it cleanses you uh you know we can never be sinless but we are called to be blameless Noah how do we know that we know that from Noah's life you know God said here's a man who's blameless he's not sinless but he's blameless. Nobody can raise a finger against him. Nobody can raise a finger against his lifestyle. Nobody can raise a finger against his character. Nobody can raise a finger against his integrity because he sticks. He's guarded his heart because he guards his heart. He knows my thoughts. He knows my ways. He knows my plans. He walks in confidence. You know, um, you know, people who guard their heart, God gives them special opportunities. God gives them special courage and God gives them special place in his kingdom. Uh, one thing I love, you know, about the story of David and Goliath and we all talk about David and how much confidence he had and how he went and how bold he was because he guarded his heart. He had intimacy with Jesus. He knew Jesus. He talked with him. He walked with him. He protected himself from those around. But we all also, we should also know that all of David's brothers and the entire Israelite army had the same opportunity that David did. Same opportunity. And sometimes we whine and cry, this person got a promotion, that funded, God, God is doing so much for them. How come they got a new car from where they got the money? How come they have this? How come they have that? And we are whining and complaining, but we all have the same. We have a God that is all powerful, that is all knowing, that has so much in store for us. Because we don't guard our heart, we don't know his ways, we don't know his plans. We don't know what to do. We we miss opportunities. We miss out on so many things because we are not in tune with him because we have not guarded his heart. We've not guarded our heart. When we guard our heart, we are able to hear God quickly and respond quickly because we all have a window of time. There's only a window of time where we need to act and react. David's brothers had that window and they didn't do anything for days. They were afraid to go towards goliath but david came in he didn't just go towards goliath he ran towards him he ran towards him the word of god says he ran towards goliath and he brought him down and he cut his head off you know because why he had a heart that was guarded he had a heart that was protected he had a heart that was tuned with god and we really need to be people who who are in tune with god we really need people who are God with the heart. This this heart man is constantly at war. This heart is constantly being attacked. This heart of yours is going to take you, it's going to define you, it's going to it's going to challenge you. And if you let God speak to your heart, if you give him opportunity to speak into your life, you will see signs, wonders, and miracles that you've never seen before in your life. You'll be able to go to places, do things for people, love people, serve people so much better. You when you look back, you're like, oh. I have so many people who've said, I've wasted my life. You know, I've wasted five years. I've wasted 10 years. And you don't have to have that testimony. You don't have to have that thing. Oh, I wasted two years of my life, you know, and then, you know, I encountered God and then God helped me. And then I slipped back again and then I got back to God and now I'm 45 years old and I'm ready to do what God has for me. No, wherever you're at right now, make a commitment a covenant with your eyes because your eyes are the window to your heart you know watch what you're watching please you know i always always say i always tell my kids hey listen um you know i know you're growing you want to watch these shows you want to watch this you know what you're free to do it i can't come and police you but i know when your behavior changes i know what's going in i love uh bill johnson's uh quote he said I don't want to have a thought in my head that's not in his head he also said this whatever you tolerate in your life will dominate your life so you are a sum of what you've let in you know we all are an outcome of what we've let into our lives. the more we let god rule and reign our hearts the more we guard our hearts from from what what is around us the more we'll be able uh, to achieve uh, achieve things. Not not. Uh, he, God doesn't just want to do things for you. He wants to do things through you. Remember that God doesn't just want to do things for you. He wants to do things through you. And coming to my last point, have a heart that gives. You know, um, have a heart. Be the most generous person. Uh, be the most giving person. Be man. You shouldn't know anybody in your circle that's more generous than you. That's how generous you should be. God gave his life for you. God gave everything for you. And you need to be generous. You need to be... Jesus, in the, the word of God says, and Jesus emptied himself. He emptied himself. And I love that That God has always challenged challenged me. I I, I get uncomfortable when I have money in my bank. Okay? I get uncomfortable. I say, hey, I have to give it to somebody. I have to put it... In I have to serve somebody with what God has given me, uh, you know, and I always try my best uh, to keep emptying, keep emptying, keep keep giving, keep loving, keep serving. Uh, you know, uh, you know when when Jesus, you know, went through that that uh, that moment where he was really thinking of man, I don't think I can do this. I don't think I can give my life. He was dropping, uh, he was sweating drops of blood, you know, and God didn't say, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Jesus, come, come back home. You know, Uh, don't worry. You know, we'll figure out another way. He waited. He didn't respond. He just waited till Jesus made up his mind and says, okay, God, not my will, but your, your will be done today. And we really need to have hearts that give in, in, in Acts uh, chapter two was 42 onwards. One of my favorite passages, Favorite passages in scripture. Uh, I wouldn't say one of my favorite because every time preachers do that, they quote a lot of scripture and they say, this is one of my favorite. That is one of my favorite. But I would say the favorite part of uh, scripture passage in the Bible is Acts 2.48. And it, it says beautifully, they were dedicated to the word of God and the apostles teaching. Second, they gave whatever they had. So if somebody had like two cars, they gave away one car because that family didn't have a car. If they had two houses, they give away one house. They say this, this family doesn't have a house. Let's give it to them. And what happened was because man, zealous church is not going to be the same because of your giving. Nothing else is just the way you give. If you are able to give, we know we can not outgive God. Okay. But if you know how to give your life is going to change. You know, my mom always says, give till it hurts you. If you're giving, if it's not hurting you, it's not giving. And so they gave, 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 they gave, and they made sure everybody had whatever they needed. And it says there so beautifully and God added to their number daily. The church grew over here. We are waiting for one new person. After one month, one new person will get in our church at least. But why? Because if the more we give, the more we serve, the power that giving has, it draws people. It draws people in. Man, this is a giving community. This is a loving community. This is a serving community. And we really need to know. And there were moments, man, in my marriage, I remember, oh my God, I remember one day it was three months. We were married and we ran out of money, like no money at all. And so I said, Hey, Ruth, let's go, you know, to dad's house her dad uh you know let's go to your dad's house you know he, he was just like a couple of kilometers away you know so we hopped onto the bike go so we said at least you know we'll we'll have when we go there they'll say, nah, you know for courtesy stay, stay for lunch and all so we didn't have money to even buy lunch and so like okay at least he'll tell us to stay you know so we go to his house he says what are you doing here go back home and we were like what is he saying Like, he's not even letting us come inside the house. He said, listen, y'all are married. You have your own house. Go back to your own house. And I was upset. I was so, I was angry. Like, I was like, what kind of father you have? He doesn't even allow your house to come home. And, you know, uh, and I went home and um, we found this coin box, you know, that we put all our change in. And there was 350 rupees in that. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is going to be like, at least, you know that this is going to sustain us, and so we went through that month, and I and I was very upset. And I was like, God, what is going to what's going to happen, and uh, uh, what's going to happen to me? I like this is like I need to change something in my life. I cannot live like this, you know. I can't live from hand to mouth. Like every month was getting so difficult, and uh, I remember a quote from my my father, and he says, "If you change your giving, I will change your living. If you change your giving, I will change your living." the next one we started double tide from 10% we made 20% from 20% we made 25% from 25% we made 30% from 30% we made 35% from 35% to 40 from 40 to 50 we just kept increasing our giving and our living completely changed it's not that you know we want to have a this kind of a certain kind of lifestyle, but we knew that if we start giving, if we start pouring out, if we start emptying, man, I've, I think thousands of times I would be in worship services, raising my hands, not having any money in the bank and God would say empty of wallet right now empty and i would keep emptying my wallet and people would show up people would give us money uh i remember once going to this um you know this agent you know that we had to pay our our rent you know from we had to sign this deal actually actually we had to sign a new deal for a house and we go to him and he's like okay the house is ready you like the house i said yeah i love the house okay come on let's do this it's done sealed okay you have the deposit yeah, i have the deposit here's the check for the deposit everything was signed sealed and my mother-in-law was standing next to me and they said, "Okay, you have to pay us agent fees. You know, a uh, sixteen thousand rupees the agent fees." And I was like, "Because I grew up in Bible College in 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 UBS where we didn't have any agent fees, so I didn't have this concept of agent fees in my mind." I was like, "Oh shucks!" My mother-in-law standing next to me. Izzat ka sawal hai, boss. You have to say something because he was waiting for his agent fees. And I was like, um... So, can we do this? Can we give you half the agent fees this month and uh, half the agent fees this year and the other agent, half the agent fees the other, the next year? It says, okay, fine, you can do that, but I need 8,000 rupees tomorrow. I was like, "Um, okay, I'll give it to you tomorrow. I didn't have anything in the bank, nothing, like zero, okay? But I said, man, this this has to be done. So I said, okay, I'm going to give it to you. And I get onto the bike and just head to drop my mother in law home. And as I'm on the bike, I was like, God, I've given, I've emptied my bank account, I've doubled my tithe, I've done all of this, I have given. Now you have to show up. You have 24 hours. Okay, you have 24 hours to answer me. I drop my mom, mother-in-law at home. I get her, put her in inside the house. I'm going there, and there's this lady sitting on this sofa, and she's from our church. I was like, hi, Andy, how are you? He said, ah, Jeremy, I've come to see you only. I was like, for what? You know, and I was like, and then she started saying things that, you know, that, you know, completely like out of topics. She says, remember I bought you a toaster for your wedding. Like shucks. People never say usually what they give and, you know, like why is she saying that? Then she told me, remember that toaster, I paid 2000 rupees for it. I was like, Oh shucks, do I have to give her 2000 now from 8,000 become 10,000? You know, I was like, "What? what why, why is she saying all of this? And she says, Jeremy, you know, I was praying what I should give you before your marriage. And I said, okay, I'm going to give this much money. And so, I, but I also wanted to buy you this toaster. So the toaster was Rs. 2000 rupees. And uh, actually I wanted to give you 10,000 rupees. So here's 8,000 rupees. Exactly the amount I needed to pay that guy for his agent fees and so what my point here is when you keep giving God responds immediately when you respond to God immediately when you respond to God with your heart and you respond to me he responds immediately it took it hardly took 15 minutes for for God to respond to my need because I responded to him immediately. When he said, Jeremy, empty your wallet, done. Empty your bank account, done. Empty this, give, go here, give this. Today, um, this week, I went to the red light district, took 25 bags of rations, gave it, uh, you know, uh, gave it to all these ladies, especially, we did it especially for pregnant women in the, in the red light district. They asked me chalo chalo my friend who who is born and brought up in the red light. He says, come on, I'll take a photo. I said, Hey, listen, we're not coming here to take photos. Our giving is not going to be shown our giving needs to be from our heart it not it's i don't want to give so i can show people i don't want to give so i can especially in this area yes we have taken pictures of things we need to do because we have to be accountable but when it comes to the red light district when it comes to these people we give without showing we should not let our know, uh, let our right hand know what our left hand is doing we should not know what our left hand right hand is doing and we need to be people who pour our lives out. So I want to challenge you today. And if you want to win uh, this this battle in your heart, change your giving, change the way you love people, change the way you speak to them, change the way uh, you pour your life out, you know, because God wants to change your life and he wants to make you a blessing to others. And so in conclusion today, uh, I just want to uh, close with this. Uh, you know, when, when we talk about battles, Uh, you know it's so important always you know uh, look at scripture look at how Jesus fought and I love the way Jesus fought Jesus fought in three ways okay first uh, how did Jesus fight he fought with scripture know your Bible read your Bible meditate on the on the Word of God when Jesus spoke he spoke the Word of God when Satan was trying to twist his heart because because out of the heart flows all the issues of life he was trying to put uh, trying to fool Jesus with this with this thing that he would be the king, he would have a throne and all of that, and he was trying to twist him. He says, "A hey, man will not shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out from the mouth of God." Okay, Jesus responded with scripture. Secondly, how did Jesus fight? Jesus responded with silence. You know, so many times, man, if I was Joshua, I'd rather shout for six days and keep quiet for one day. But Jesus, says, no, stay silent. God says, "Stay silent." March around Jericho for six days and on the last day you shout. Learn to stay silent. When people said things against Jesus, Jesus had all authority to defend himself, but he stayed quiet. When people say things against you and when they are moving your emotions out of your heart comes your emotions. When they are moving you to respond and react and, 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 and defend yourself, stay silent. Why? Because you know who you are. You know, my father-in-law had this dog, you know, he used to say, I should not take the dog out for the walk. He used to take me out for a walk. He was this big Alsatian dog, you know, and he used to get very upset with this dog because it was all, all these stray dogs that would bark, you know, but this, his dog would not bark. It's like, he went home and says, dad, this dog is useless. He's not barking. He's not defending himself. What kind of dog is this? Alsatian, big guy. All these small guys are barking and shouting. And he's not saying anything. He's not fighting. What kind of dog you bought? And his dad said something that changed his life. He says, this dog knows who he is. When you know who you are, you know that you don't have to answer every question. You know that you don't have to respond and react. You stay confident. Because the one who is in you is greater than the voices around you. Amen. And lastly, uh, Jesus responded sacrifice he sacrificed his life he gave everything today I'm telling you one thing if you're ready to give everything listen to me very carefully if you're ready to lay everything down God will be able to take you he'll take you to places he will accomplish things through you he will show things through you he will change people's lives through you he will take you to the corners of the world he will do so much in and through you because you're ready to sacrifice everything for him today what is something that you are holding close to your heart and that that you're not willing to give to Jesus ask yourself today God is there anything in my life that you know that I'm holding close to me because I don't want to do that I want to surrender We're so glad you've been listening in. If you'd like to know more about us, follow us on Insta at zealouspune or visit us online at zealous.community.